0: guys welcome to another episode of the litecoin underground podcast so sometimes if you listen to my twitter spaces and you'll probably hear them even as i open up the show a lot of times on these i kind of have some theories or topics i want to cover and those come from just you know the fact that for whatever reason i can't stop thinking about cryptocurrencies you know i i find them interesting i feel like there's arguments against them and maybe you have these imaginary conversations to defend them or to try to teach people about them. So um, one that's come up a lot though or that I've been thinking about a lot has been this privacy and fungibility conversation. So if you don't know, uh, last year about 13, 14 months ago, uh, MWeb was added to Litecoin. MWeb is, stands for Mimble Wimble Extension Blocks. So I've done a video on it. Um, I would say go find some interviews with David Burkett if you want some really technical analysis of what it is. But essentially what the goal of it is is to add kind of a layer of privacy slash fungibility to Litecoin. So let's back up before MWeb was around. And as I've said before, Bitcoin and Litecoin are very similar. So before MWeb, essentially everything on Litecoin uh, is transparent. Uh what that means is there's you can go online and look up a Litecoin block explorer. You can view your addresses, so if you open up a wallet and you have a public address um with what's called a UTXO. A UTXO is kind of a uh I'll call it like a serial number for a particular amount of coins. So it's not like it's not like one UTXO is used like a dollar bill. It's just kind of however much is inside that particular serial number can vary, but you can actually track the history of it. You can see where where did coins come from. So if I have serial number one, two three, you can look back and see that the coins I received at one two three were received from one two two. And one two one and one two zero, right on down the line, all the way back to kind of when the coins originated. Now it's it's a crazy map, you know, when you start divvying up these coins and they're being sent around a lot. You're talking about a lot of transactions, a lot of different wallets with really no way to provably show that any of these coins are linked to an individual person. And um, and this is what's gotten me thinking a lot about like what's the difference between privacy and fungibility, and what's the goal with these things. And I guess this is a theory I have or kind of a a concept I've been kind of rolling around in my brain. So one of the things I think is important to focus on is what is the purpose of fungibility? Because if you hear people like, you know, the Monero crowd is pretty notorious for this, right? So Monero is absolutely private at the base layer. What that means is there's no, you can't go on a Monero block explorer and track Monero coins, you can't even if you see someone has a wallet you um there's no way of proving where coins were sent to who and tying a name specifically to a certain set of coins uh certainly that didn't come off an exchange right you just find somebody randomly you look at their wallet you're not gonna be able to see what what history they have um of their usage of Monero, where with Litecoin, you could actually see, well, they sent money to this address, and they sent money to this address, and sent money to this address, they received money from a certain address, and there are companies out there, uh, like Chain Analysis, Chain Analysis, I think it's called, or Chain Analysis, one of the two, and others, I think Elliptical is another one, and they, um, they can map out this kind of web of transactions, and link transactions to each other. So, for instance, let's say I buy some coins on Coinbase. I withdraw them to my wallet. So when I went on Coinbase, I gave—I have to give them my name and number. They call it KYC, Know Your Customer. Generally, you have to take a picture of yourself, a picture of your driver's license. Uh, probably link a bank to it. Sometimes you have to prove where your uh, where your money came from, so that they can make sure you're not money laundering. So it's KYC, which is Know Your Customer, and AML is anti-money laundering so all these banks and all these major institutions that are regulated and licensed have to report this information to the irs or and probably other groups as well right you can assume the dea and the atf and homeland security and all these other people have that information and they know okay this utxo or this serial number we'll call it belongs to me litecoin underground okay, they know I bought it and I withdrew it and sent it to such and such an address, again, this UTXO, they would say, they could say it's very likely that that money belongs to Litecoin Underground. This is where the question comes in of what's the purpose of fungibility? Now, if you don't know what fungibility is by definition, it's that all units are interchangeable. And I think that's actually an important distinction because I'll say that um, Monero folks... Are right in that since none of the monero coins have a history attached to them they're very fungible in a technical sense uh, that they are interchangeable there's no history there's no tainting of a coin there's no way to differentiate one coin from the other because there is no history so they they all function identically with litecoin there is a history to coins okay again i'm talking pre mimble wimble and we can get into Mimblewimble here in a second but I just want to talk about main chain, the main stuff. So this got me thinking about like, well, what is the purpose of fungibility? You know, they they will tell you it's important for sound money to be fungible. Um, And the question is why? You know, certainly with cryptocurrencies, you have um, have what we'll call it. It's an anti-state money. Right, a lot of us who are old school cryptocurrency people will tell you, you know, this technology is not necessarily intended for mass adoption, it may be mass adopted, but um, it's really intended to be kind of this anti government edict, anti fiat, meaning I can operate outside the rules of fiat money. So, the big concern with fungibility is that you will be linked. So if Litecoin is not fungible, that I can be linked to bad behavior, even if I'm not guilty. At least this is, this is what my perception is. The purpose of fungibility is that you don't want to be censored by the person you're trying to send money to. You want to feel confident that when I have Litecoin and I go to spend it or use it, the other person is going to take it because they, they perceive it as having value. If we find that this trackability of money, right, the trackability on Litecoin and Bitcoin leads to governments, um, I guess, assuming your guilt because of your association with a particular UTXO or serial number. And I guess seeing that as rightful grounds to investigate you or to snoop on your activities or to I don't know, issue a warrant for your arrest or to freeze your accounts, that type of thing. That's when fungibility matters. Um, be outside of that. I don't quite know what the purpose of the fungibility is. OK, because in the protocol litecoin and bitcoin are fungible but meaning like there's no ability for a recipient to reject your transactions or filter your transactions based on its history so if i have somebody who's a litecoin is a litecoiner no matter what the history of my coins are their wallet views those utxos as the same as every other so within the protocol there's no distinction of coin history there's no good and bad coins quote-unquote and so when we're talking about fungibility in this sense what has gotten me thinking is that we're really talking about a human behavior we're talking about the ability for the recipient to question or analyze the coins that they're sending you because the computer program itself the you know the litecoin protocol isn't going to do that censoring for you so it really comes down to human behavior and a human's choice to reject a transaction. So I, I have a list next to me on my whiteboard, if you've seen my videos, and there's seven qualities of crypto, or Bitcoin and Litecoin I always take. Decentralized, permissionless, trustless, censorship-resistant, immutable, secure, and scarce. And even Satoshi used the phrase censorship-resistant. And I think the reason he did that is he understood that the only way to... Uh, the only censorship that's possible on Bitcoin and Litecoin is from the recipient, right? So I go to spend money. I can't force somebody to take my Litecoin. They have to willingly take it. Uh, they may want to convert it into something else, right? Which in a sense, they're then accepting Litecoin. Even if they switch it into dollars, they switch it into Bitcoin or they switch it into Ethereum or whatever. Um, at that moment, I'm not being censored. I'm able to spend my money at an agreed-upon price, and there's, no, there's nothing that's preventing me from using the coins. So the fungibility comes in when there's the potential for censorship. And I, so this is where I started thinking about, well, why would people censor this money? Why would you censor money based on its history? Okay? Okay. I gave you the government example, right? The government might say there was a transaction from Iran or North Korea that was involved with weapons and, you know, you're the UTXO, you you know, you were the recipient of that money, right? The money got sent from what we believe to be a terrorist organization and it went into your wallet. So when I take my coins and try to send them to Coinbase, right? Now, Coinbase is this trusted institution that has to be licensed by the government. They may have flagged, certain UTXOs and Coinbase can say they may even take the, the um, money, but then freeze your account because now you are subject to an investigation. Even if you have no idea why, you know, you might've bought a gift card or something and you were two steps away from a terrorist transaction or a suspected terrorist transaction. And now just because you were innocently using your money, you're, you're a suspect quote unquote. Obviously, this is not an ideal scenario, right? I think that I think we could say these are one of the things that is a definite weakness of Bitcoin and Litecoin in their native state. So that's one way you can be censored. The other would be that the person who you're trying to spend money with. So I go to a store and I say, hey, do you guys accept Litecoin? And they might go, nope, I'm not interested, right? That's another way. And, and why would they not be interested? Why would this fungibility cause a problem with them being interested? The problem could be they receive the Litecoin, they go to convert it into another currency on an exchange they like, and now suddenly they're tied to this quote-unquote dirty coin, right? Now they're three steps away from this terrorist transaction and do their funds get frozen and does it become a problem for them? So the big issue is will governments use this uh, trackability as a kind of weapon against cryptocurrency? That's really the big, the big question. We've seen it a little bit. Um, If you remember about two years ago, there was some protests in Canada with the truckers that were blocking the roadway and um, they were receiving donations from people via Bitcoin to like a reg, you know, a coinbase account meaning like a, you know, an exchange account. I don't know if it was coinbase specifically. Because the Canadian government saw this as kind of like a terrorist group, anybody in the US who sent money to those truckers from a coinbase account could be kind of linked and they'd be like, "Well, hey, this guy's supporting terrorism in another country." And all of a sudden it became a big, you know, a big issue that you're supporting something that a government doesn't like and it's in black and white, right? They can track the transaction. Obviously, that's a problem. That's a problem that, um, to me, is not solved by necessarily hiding. It's more about blending in. So this is obviously a problem, right? You don't want to feel like you're going to spend your money and, or you're going to receive some money and then not be able to use it. That would probably be the worst possible form of money you could get is unusable money now it may be unusable um to be turned into coinbase you know if you try to send it to a licensed you know exchange and convert it into something else but you wouldn't be censored if you took those coin. you know if the guys that were the the truckers received just on-chain bitcoin from somebody anonymously into a private wallet there'd be no way to stop that transaction or to even have the government know that it was happening right or to tie that wallet to a specific individual it's really when you get into these exchanges and these kind of what we'll call white market or um yeah yeah white market adoption meaning merchants who are using something like BitPay or um yeah exchanges companies that use like was it square or cash app or paypal or venmo any of those types of uh, interfaces are going to be the ones where you're going to cause problems so what got me thinking about all this stuff is i think it's important that we have this distinction of why is the fungibility important and it really comes down to that uh that whole uh, idea of i need to know that i can spend my money confidently and that merchants will feel confident and comfortable that they can accept this money and won't run into any problems and that's that's the big elephant in the room so to speak and i think what has gotten lost in this conversation what happens so often with cryptocurrencies when we kind of battle back and forth and we have these all these technical variants is that the actual goal is lost in the conversation because i think monero if you were to say like is monero more fungible than Litecoin and Bitcoin. Absolutely. There's nothing on chain that identifies a coin. There's there's no way to differentiate one Monero or you know fraction of a Monero from another one because there is no history. But what I believe is more important is that the Litecoin becomes so so used, so generally accepted that purely s- owning Litecoin or having a particular UTXO doesn't lay any particular blame at your feet. Meaning um, just having cash, right? If I get pulled over and I've got some cash, that doesn't mean I did anything wrong. It just means I have cash, right? If I go to a store and spend cash, that store doesn't have any concern that somebody will see that as valuable or that they'll be able to use it because they know that, There's plausible deniability. There's no; they had no reason to believe this was counterfeit or counterfeit money or tainted money in some way. Counterfeit's probably a bad example, but they have no. It's there's no expectation on the part of the government that they would that the merchant receiving that cash would um, be responsible for the history of that cash or have any reason to question the history of that cash. They're just accepting money. And as long as, you know, as long as it goes through and they accept it, there's no reason for them to be concerned, right? Uh, And I think that's where the differentiation between Monero and Litecoin comes in, is that you have, with Monero, it's banned on a lot of exchanges. You know, Europe, the EU has been very stern about privacy coins, quote-unquote, Uh, I think the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Dubai, they outlawed a lot of privacy coins. And so what that means is that by using Monero, kind of by default, there there is a reason for the normies, right, the general public, to be a little bit skeptical of it. I'm not saying this is a good thing, by the way. I'm not saying that like Monero shouldn't exist or that Monero is worthless. I think Monero has a very important use case. But I think as far as widespread adoption, it creates an issue. It creates this kind of divide between I'm gonna use the phrase normies because I think I think that's important. I think people who aren't engaging with cryptocurrencies much, who don't understand deeply the technicals, which is gonna be of people aren't going to really quite understand the difference between these these coins. Um, They're going to feel more comfortable accepting something that's deemed legal than something that's deemed illegal. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing in the the short term. I'm just thinking about what I feel the, the goal of cryptocurrency ideally would be that it's so commonly used that purely and purely using Litecoin and Bitcoin wouldn't be seen as criminal in any way, wouldn't be seen as a reason to be suspicious in any way. It would be viewed as using cash or gold or silver, something that is a common investment and people hold it for various reasons and maybe just a preference where with something that's been outlawed and been kind of more viewed as, yeah, illegal, right, by the government, quote unquote as a bad coin or whatever, terrorist coin or something. Um, I can see where people would be far less likely to accept it because they just don't know enough and they just don't want to get their hands dirty, right? Like I don't know the technicals, I've never used Monero and therefore, like I would just much rather you give me these other coins. Whether we like that or not, whether that's you know the ideal outcome or not. I'm just thinking about what's the reality. So I've kind of thought of this through, like, you know, the, the important part of fungibility, in my opinion, fungibility, if I were to break it down to me is more about blending in than it is about standing out. So Monero as an entire chain stands out as, uh, suspicious, would be the best way to put it, and I, and not necessarily by me. I'm talking again about how it's going to be viewed and marketed, and and basically how the word is going to spread from the government down that, you know, to their officers. Hey, if somebody's using Monero, they might be into some shady stuff. That's all. That's all that matters. Is ultimately these are again. This is a human interaction. This isn't a technical interaction. I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just explaining what I think. Will become kind of the standard. So does that mean privacy is gone forever? Does that mean we're just going to give into this privacy thing? Um, I don't know. I hope not. But I do think human behavior has shown us that convenience is a lot more important to people than privacy. Privacy is important to a uh, subset of people. And I think for the most part, people want a reasonable degree of privacy. And that's where, I'll, where I think mWeb web is a nice balance. I don't think M-Web is there yet fully as like this perfect privacy solution. It may never be as Monero, Monerans, Monerans would tell you. I guess Monerans. Uh, they would tell you that, you know, because there is an ability to track some of the Litecoin that therefore all the Litecoin is um, compromised, so to speak. Where I don't necessarily believe that. You know, inside M-Web, essentially the way M-Web works is uh, there is what's called an extension block. It's a chain that operates kind of on a beside regular Litecoin. But it all again is censorship proof within the protocol. There's no nobody can stop you from um, sending mWeb if they or you know the protocol will not filter out non mWeb transactions, et cetera, et cetera. So um, inside mWeb there are no addresses. There are no transactions amount. Amounts where there is some trackability is going into mWeb and coming out of mWeb. But if you, you know, if you have some spending cash and you put, let's say, a thousand dollars worth of Litecoin a month into mWeb and you use it with other mWeb addresses and you keep the money in there, then over time that becomes really difficult to to peel apart where. Web coins were where non Web coins were and to me that's what the important part of fungibility is it's that it becomes so common for people to be moving in and out of mweb that it becomes difficult for for anybody to uh, reasonably assume that there was any bad activity going on so if litecoin has you know uh, i think we're looking at gosh we're doing for transactions a couple hundred thousand a day so let's say we're doing six million transactions a month if four million of them are in mweb in and out of mweb and people are using mweb and they're not using mweb and money's going back and forth it starts to get very difficult to link anything and that's really the ultimate issue is you don't want to have some sort of long thread of connection to previous transactions that had nothing to do with you so i think people will prefer to receive mweb uh, as opposed to non M web coins, because it would be kind of an initial break in the chain of previous from previous transactions, so I kind of want to close out by just putting it this way. I think in cryptocurrency, we have a lot of very technical conversations, and if you listen to my show, I try as much as I can to really continue to be grounded in the human aspect of money that as much as we want to have the best technical money in the world, the reality is that humans are using it. Humans are the ones that make the decisions on how they want to interact with this stuff and how they perceive these things. And perception is far more important than, than reality is as much as we don't want to believe that we want to believe that, you know, someone, you know, I keep coming back to Monero. I think it's a good example that, would it be optimal for everyone to have perfect privacy all the time in their money? Uh, to some people, yes. But I think a lot of people would disagree and tell you that I kind of like that there's a level of openness about the protocol, um, that I can kind of go back and retrace my steps if I had to. And that I can kind of trust, like if I'm, again, if there's some fundraising going on or there's there's a there's a bit of a check and balance that almost reduces the potential for fraud and maybe governments do need to be tracked a little more and wouldn't it be nice if i could see a charity's public you know addresses and know where the money's going Um, i know there's some possibilities of doing that within monero and i'm not saying that, that there's not but it's just a lot more convoluted process and it, re- it requires a lever- level of trust. You could have a view key, a particular view key on Monero, and but it doesn't apply to all the wallets that somebody has or all the UTXOs. And so um, I just think that that we have to always remember these are human beings interacting with this stuff. And the more people that use them, the more common it is to use. That's how we achieve fungibility because at the end of the day, this is about how people perceive this money. If you use the money, you're going to be a lot less likely to be someone who is suspicious of other users. Because you'll say, well, I've done it. I've sent Litecoin. I'm, there's, I wasn't get guilty just by association. Where if Monero is outlawed and so few people use it, that your average person who's going to sit on a jury or investigate a case is going to give a... Um, is not going to give fair treatment to Monero users because it is this dark market money. There's going to be an assumption of something nefarious was going on. Again, I gotta repeat this a hundred times. Not saying that that's the truth. I'm just telling you that's what people will perceive. And perception is in human environments, which we all engage in, and which money is a human tool there's going to be this um, this differentiation in people's minds between a black market money that's been banned and a money that's been, is considered acceptable, whatever, you know, fair, open, and honest. So I want to remind everybody, I'm not necessarily the truth teller. I'm not a sage. <laughs> this is just an idea and something I've been thinking about Um That I hope maybe gets you thinking and can generate some conversation or some thoughts in your own life. And um, I guess on that note, let's talk about, before I go, you know, I always talk about CakeWall because they sponsor the show. That's a great tool to be able to move in between Bitcoin and Litecoin and Monero. So if you are a Monero user and you like the privacy 90% of the time, but occasionally you need to go somewhere that doesn't accept Monero. You can go into CakeWallet, you can swap into Litecoin very inexpensively. It doesn't take more than a few minutes, and uh, you're off on your way on Litecoin. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll try to do some more of these. I kind of like these uh, just throwing ideas out there, and you guys can tell me I'm an idiot or something like that. All right, take it easy. Have a good week. Bye.